Hi, this is Nikki Rubb, the voice of Lily from Telltale's The Walking Dead, and you're listening to Entertainment Talk's The Walking Dead UK podcast. Welcome to the Walking Dead UK podcast. It's Entertainment Talks podcast for the Walking Dead on AMC and Star on Disney Plus. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is David. How's it going? I'm well. How are you? Good. Yeah, good. Thank you. Uh, this is for season eleven, episode two, Acheron part two, uh, the second part to the Maggie cliffhanger or whatever. Uh, what do you think of uh, this episode? Uh, I enjoyed. This one, I mean, it's, uh, as you say, a continuation of the first one. We kind of knew Maggie wasn't going to die because, you know, they're not going to do that. So, uh, yeah, she seemed to get out of that fairly easily, Easily. really. Um, But, you know, we knew they weren't going to kill her off. Um, And uh, I I think that was quite interesting how they handled that, of her sort of getting back in then confronting Negan and then the events that sort of immediately follow that. The, it, it's interesting how they're playing those two characters off against each other. Um, so the audience sort of has sympathy for both sides. Um, and I think they're balancing that quite well. So I, I think that's quite interesting. Um, as you said before, this in this entire kind of plot, doesn't exist in the comic books and i i think the the sole reason they've had to do this is because they needed to be able to doing something with these characters um otherwise the entire thing will be based at the commonwealth which is i guess what happens in the book pretty much yeah yeah for the most part so yeah um it was funny actually because i as i was watching this episode i was like oh i forgot to read a bit more of the comic this week and then realised, like, okay, they've still not gotten past the bit that I've read anyway, so it's like, the show. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, I, I thought this episode was pretty good. I really do think, though, that the Commonwealth storyline stands quite high above the subway thing that was going yes, on. Although there, were, although there was more interesting things happening in the subway story yeah. this time, uh, obviously with, like, the, the crazy story from Maggie and everything, which was quite dark, and uh, obviously the interactions with... Um, with Negan and stuff, but um, yeah, it's always interesting to see see how the show tries to put in original plot, uh, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, and I'm sorry, but how how are the Reapers supposed to be any worse than like things they've already come yes. across? I I don't really see. Like, do you, do you think they'll last to like mid season? Like, I can't really think of how long those characters will last because I can't see the group struggling against them too much. Um, no, no, I think that, I mean, that that has been a slight problem in that, I mean, given everything they've faced up until this point with, there's, there's nothing particularly unique as far as we've seen, other than they're an ultraviolet, violent gang. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing particularly unique about this group. 
Uh, I mean, they're essentially, they seem to be an apt up bunch of bikers, pretty much, you know, um, that, that, that sort of, you know, they, they don't seem to be anything particularly unique about them. So mm. no, I mean, I don't think they are. I mean, you know, again, they could be quite formidable if there's enough of them, but they've already said there aren't that many. So I, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, you would have thought maybe they come up with something else a bit more interesting, but maybe they just needed this to sort of get them over a, you know, a, a piece and then we're going to head more to, towards into the Commonwealth stuff and back into the book stuff, you know, but they needed something to cover this bit possibly. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So maybe they don't want to make them too tough. Yeah. But we'll see. Also, I, I, I do wonder if Melissa McBride got the script for this and going, I'm not in any of this. <laughs> no, she's not, is she? No, Carol isn't. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I've got a few weeks off. Okay, right, fine. Because <laughs> they've not gone back to, like, apart from the initial thing in Alexandria where she was in the opening scene. That's it. I mean, um, same with the Aaron. Ross McQuand is not in any of this either. So that's kind of interesting. I do wonder if maybe we're going to get some something set back at Alexandria after this group has kind of gone off and done their thing. Maybe we're going to get them jumping between Alexandria and the the Commonwealth for a bit to cover those characters, and you're not going to see Maggie and Daryl and stuff for a few weeks. Mm. Um, you know, I'm glad they're not trying to sort of jump around too much and cover absolutely everything. You're only dealing with two like plot lines at the same time, but it is a little weird that you've kind of, you know, they've covered some characters, but then they've just kind of gone, oh well, we'll completely ignore them for a while. Which, as I say, is fine, and I think you'd overpower it if you put all of it in. But yes, it must be a bit weird for the actors when they're kind of looking through the script, going, I'm, I'm not in any of these shows. <laughs> Hmm. so i'm sure from a filming point of view i'm sure they're running things concurrently you know i suspect you've got one director working with one group where you've got you know and and given the covid situation they probably had to split them up in certain ways as well so you know i i I get the reasoning but um yeah it's it'll be interesting to see what they do as we move through the season whether you end up with you know this storyline completing with them on the subway and then maybe them jumping between the Commonwealth and Alexandria possibly. Mm. Cause we know the Commonwealth is going to be staying around. So yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I sort of looked at this, what's happening in the show at the moment as like, okay, the Commonwealth is the more political, interesting sort of character stuff. Yeah. And the Reapers and the subway stuff is more of the tense horror thing, which to me still isn't... I mean, it's tense sometimes, but again, like I said, with the whole tense nature of this show, uh, like, a lot of these characters in this group, you know, like Alden and Maggie and Negan and Daryl, like, you don't expect those to die. Um, well, so I don't know. You could you could kill off... I mean, there's enough red shirts in that group that you can kind of kill off a few people, as yeah, we've seen other this ones. week. Yeah, yeah. I, and you could possibly kill off Alden. I mean, the only ones that we don't expect to die are obviously Daryl, because he can't um negan i mean negan i think they might kill off at some point but not until you get to the sort of end of the run i don't i think you're going to keep him around for a while yet and same with maggie i think you could eventually kill off maggie you could eventually kill off negan but i don't think you're going to do that until 
you know, you're you're sort of in the last third of this final season. Mm. Yeah. Now, m- maybe older than a stretch, but it just in, in this episode, in this situation, I didn't believe that he was, like, in, in danger particularly. Um, Daryl, obviously, we know is is 99.9% fine. Um, with I, I think with Maggie and with Negan, like, I think it would be... Uh, a mistake to to get rid of those but again we, we don't really expect like i think either of those to die so yeah i mean i i think yes it would be a mistake to get rid of them now I, I but i think if you're getting a few episodes from the end and you end up killing off one of them or both of them at some point in the last few episodes there's no you know you've not really lost a huge amount you know uh if they went out in some sort of big heroic kind of saving the day thing um Hmm. that would maybe make sense Hmm. but um but yeah i mean i don't expect them to do it sooner than that i wouldn't have thought yeah yeah so been a good episode otherwise um and yeah there's there's a lot of really good stuff actually with the commonwealth we'll, we'll get into when we uh, get to the recap and stuff. So, anyway, before we do that, let's jump to some housekeeping, and then we'll get into the recap afterwards, just like we always usually do. So, you probably know the routine, but uh, let's get into the housekeeping in a second. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links, the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but... It won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion, we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra. You can find the link to our Amazon affiliate link in your show notes. The second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link. If you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice, you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes. They also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right-hand corner as well. So if you need help with getting set up, Kualu will be able to help you with that as well. The links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month, you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also, of course, include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, as usual, um, of course there's the Monsters at Work episode this week. Uh, the podcast is done, uh, it's ready to be uploaded. You will see that one uploaded before this one, so even though it's not uploaded right now as I'm talking, uh, the Monsters at Work podcast, that will be for Season 1, Episode 10, the season finale. I thought the show was renewed, 
Um, and then I looked up on the when I was doing the podcast, and it said that they weren't sure about season two, but it kind of sort of sets up a season two. So I'm not completely sure what's going on with that, but um, we'll see what Disney decides to do with uh, Monsters at Work. But regardless of that, uh, season one, episode ten, the last episode of season one, uh, that podcast will be out before this one. So go and have a look at that. Um, did a couple of podcasts yesterday, uh, one's called The Graphics Obsession, talking about um, how graphics are looked at in terms of video games uh, in, in this day and age, you know, we're in a, we're in a situation where we've got uh, new consoles, not that anyone can really seem to buy many of them, but uh, <laughs> now that we're in a situation where the Xbox Series X and PS5 are out, there's emphasis on like how good can these games look, but uh, I took a chance to look at it in the other perspective, which just to, to me, my perspective, my opinion, graphics aren't as important as other things you can do in games. So looked at just various different situations and also comparing some of those games to uh, two PlayStation Classic games, which is Tomb Raider 1 and Metal Gear Solid 1. I'm currently playing through Tomb Raider 1 and I uh, just thought I'd kind of compare what those games do and, and, that, and that kind of stuff and talk about like, talk just talking about other features in games that I find more important than uh, than graphics and stuff. So uh, you can listen to that if you'd like to. For all of that, there's no spoilers for any games or anything and that I didn't need to bring up like specific plot lines. So uh, you can check that out. Uh, gaming talk this week, back to normal. Robert's back. He's moved into his new place and uh, we had a bunch of news to talk about so back to normal with that uh, we talked about Call of Duty, Call of Duty Vanguard there was a uh, lengthy gameplay demo shown uh, at Gamescom last week uh, Laura Bailey was revealed to be basically the main character she's of course voiced uh, Abby in The Last of Us Part 2 and won an award for for uh, best performance last year which was great at the Game Awards uh, talked about Naughty Dog as well their strategy going forward what are they going to work on what don't they want to work on that sort of stuff and also talked about a game called Stray, uh, which isn't out at the moment. It's coming out soon. And it's a game where you can play as a cat uh, in sort of a futuristic-ish sort of setting, uh, which minded, reminded me of a game uh, from a long time ago on PS2 called uh, Dog's Life, which explains itself, I think. Um, and it looks quite interesting, this sort of Stray game. And, um, yeah, it's interesting. We've we've been in a bit of an era of, like, you know, Untitled Goose game as well, games where you can play as, like, certain animals. Uh, which I have quite enjoyed some of those. So we talked about that and a bunch of other stuff as well. Uh, over to the United cast, May United beat Wolves by one goal to nil. Uh, another goal from Mason Greenwood. It's, it's crazy how good he is and he's only 19 years old, which speaks very, very well for his future. Uh, it wasn't a particularly good performance. The same usual problems kept pro- uh, cropping up, but a bit of a smash and grab with Mason Greenwood's goal. And uh, on Thursday, which will be tomorrow, we're going to hopefully do a uh, transfer um, wrap-up, talk about the players that, well, the the lack of players that left and the players that were brought in. And of course, if some of you have missed the news, Cristiano Ronaldo has returned to Old Trafford. He's returned home, he's back home. Uh, He might be 36, but he's probably better than most players um, in the world at the moment. So he's back home. Uh, We won't get to see him until the 11th of September. That's the next game. Um, but I should hopefully have a uh, guest on on Thursday. I was chatting to some people yesterday, so look out for a new episode uh, tomorrow for the United cast for that. I uh, did my review for Cyberpunk 2077, um, and I gave it a don't skip rating just from my experience, my perspective. Uh, it seems a bit, uh, bit all over the place in terms of what version or how stable your game is going to be for Cyberpunk, depending on where you've brought it and whatnot, just because of the situation with the game. I gave it a don't skip, I enjoyed my time with it, and I'm happy with the ending that I got. And if you want to hear me talk more about that, you can listen to that podcast. There is a spoiler-free section 
at the start as well. Uh, Ted Lasso is still continuing, that's up to season 2 episode 6, which I said was the best episode of the series, not just the season, but basically the best episode of the show. Uh, really, really good what they did with that, that's still continuing on Fridays on Apple TV+. Plus. And what's the other thing? I did a podcast called Discussing the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. I don't need to explain what that is. And then there's a podcast called uh, Breaking Down Marvel's Upcoming TV and Film Slate, which again is doing exactly what the title says. So you can check out all those podcasts on entertainmenttalk.org and you can also find us on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, Season 2, Season 2, Season 11, Episode 2. Um, let's start off again, uh, same situation as last week by the way with the recap, uh, another one from Charlie Mason which I've edited so that I can read it in the way that I'd like to, that kind of thing, same situation as last week. Uh, I did have to add the cold open in which we're going to read in a second, uh, but yeah, same situation and uh, we've got the recap here available. Uh, cold open, it's a pretty simple one anyway, uh, we return to Maggie, she's surrounded by a lot of walkers. Uh, will she be okay? Do we see how she gets out? No, we cut to the intro and then we see her later. Um, bit of a bit of a strange one, and it boy did it remind me of uh, some people have written in about this, and people have talked about this. There's a lot of like nods to Glenn under the dumpster here, of like Ma- Maggie crawling her way <laughs> under from something to escape from a situation. I yeah. mean, how many characters would survive with that many walkers? on her she had what six or f- five or six or something i i don't know how she i mean we don't find out how she fought the walkers off of her but she did so uh what do you presumably think she managed to to sort of fight a few of them off and then dive underneath the uh train carriage presumably i mean you know um I think I, I like the fact that yeah we did, they did this a bit last week with you know the guards in Alexandria they were oh, not in Alexandria in the Commonwealth they rather than showing them beating up the guards and taking the uniforms you just kind of cut from one to the other and I I I don't know there are points actually where it's interesting that they're doing this is rather than showing everything in minute detail they've just gone okay she's a badass. Um, and we don't need to show her fighting all this off. We don't, and that way we don't have to work this out. We could just kind of cut to her underneath the train later. Um, so it's a sort of shorthand, and I don't know. I, I, I think, yeah, I, I'm okay with them doing that. Um, if it, if it's not, if it's just going to be a sort of zombie set piece that wouldn't necessarily have been very easy to film or that interesting to film um and it would have been complex for them to work out i just i think you just got to assume that she's a badass and she kind of managed to do it and got under the train Mm. i I actually don't have that much problem with them doing cuts like that you know see i have two problems with the scene the first of which is that if we really look at it she should have died because there's i mean it doesn't matter if you're Eugene or if you're Jack Bauer or if you're, I don't know, maybe Batman gets out of that situation or something because he's got so much armor and gadgets and stuff. But, like, they show her running out of bullets and then she's covered in walkers and then we just cut away. Uh, now, I didn't want Maggie to die from this. I'm just saying that she she should have um, in, in a realistic way. The other thing that I didn't like about it is one of the things I like about 
zombie media is the element of survival and seeing how somebody is going to get out of a situation and I wasn't shown that in this situation because I really I started because I didn't know what they were going to do with the episode and we was all trying to figure out like will Daryl come back will this happen will that happen and they just didn't show us um so it's sort of like okay I was curious we was all curious to see how she would get out of the situation and then once they start the episode she's not got that many walkers around her and then they make the situation worse for her by having her completely covered in zombies and then we just cut away from it it's it's uh a bit str- i mean the simpler thing that you could have done is have her shoot let's say three zombies or something then she runs out of bullets and then there's two sort of like just behind her and then she crawls under and then you maybe cut away that would be a bit more of a sort of okay we know she got i mean i mean i mean we know what kind of happened we just didn't see it and i just wanted to see it so that was yeah that was all i mean it's it's possible that they did shoot something for it and it, when they look back at it it just didn't look very good or <laughs> you know didn't work you know did, or, or maybe the episode was running long and they needed to chop something out I mean, there are various reasons why they might have taken that bit out. And, the, you know, when they were editing it, they just went, uh, you know, it may have been that just it, it, when they tried to shoot it, it just didn't work. Um, I, I don't know. There are various reasons. It didn't particularly bother me that you didn't actually see how she got out of that. But um, you just sort of assumed that she, well, she obviously did. So, you know. I, I I was okay with that. I know you want to see kind of you know exactly what happened, but I'm actually all right with with how they handled that. Mm-hmm. I get what you mean though about we we would all assume that okay she's going to be fine, so let's just kind of skip over it anyway, sort of mm-hmm. thing. So that's what they chose to do ultimately. So uh, it's far far from the worst thing the show's ever done. It just was still a bit annoying. So anyway, we go past that. We have the intro and everything um so uh maggie's cohorts dropped through the roof on of a subway car and started wondering where she was she was right behind me said negan um doing his best to look innocent in no time maggie was tapping beneath the car it did say with uh um morse code but i couldn't remember if it was specifically morse code so i just yeah put it so that it said that instead but anyway she knocks on the underneath part of it and they let her in once she's let inside she uh pistol whips negan that's got to really hurt having that done whether it's like whether it's whether it's the butt of an assault rifle or just a pistol whip like that's a piece of metal being smacked across your face so i mean it i mean i've not really been like punched or hit per se myself but i imagine even like a normal punch is pretty painful but that's like a relatively what heavy piece of piece of metal being Mm -hmm. slapped across your face so and every time i see it on tv and stuff it does look like it hurts quite a bit so uh (laughs) i'm glad nobody's done that to me so although if somebody's got a gun held next to me i'm probably more worried about the gun itself but anyway so (laughs) um but uh yeah she hits him with the pistol and revealed i slipped he saw and he left me to die his response okay so what he he hadn't tried uh, to kill her but he hadn't um, he simply hadn't helped her when she needed a hand. There is a big difference, he noted. Just going to pause it there. He's he's right. There's a difference yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. It, it wasn't like... I mean, let's say you do a Lion King thing. I'm sure most people have seen Lion King. Mm-hmm. Where you, like, you get... He pulls her up, whatever. And then as she's getting up, she hasn't quite got all of her balance yet. And then, like, actually pu- pushes her back off. Yeah. That, that would be more sort of him trying to kill her. This was sort of like... He knows Maggie's 
likely going to be fine. There's a chance she might die, but she's likely going to be fine. And he just kind of left her to it. So, yeah, he still left her in a dangerous situation. But there's a big difference between those two things. So, uh, yeah. what do you think of like this uh, confrontation here and the pistol whip? <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I mean, I absolutely, uh, Negan's, I, I, I kind of, this comes back to what I was saying before about it's interesting how they're managing to play these two characters against each other, particularly the scene that comes sort of, you know, after this of, of, um, playing Negan and Maggie against each other. I mean, Maggie has every right to be upset with Negan. Negan also, I, you know, he's out to protect himself as well. And you can't really blame him for not, like, going to help Maggie when Maggie literally, you know, 30 minutes beforehand or whatever it was, was was basically saying, I'm prepared to kill you. Um, There's just a tiny thing that's stopping me. So you kind of think, well, yeah, you know, he's... Yeah, so what? He's quite right, you know, um... So you're sort of, you don't know, you're not really taking sides. Or certainly I don't feel like I'm kind of being forced to take one side or the other. You're, yeah, I have sympathy for Maggie's situation. I have sympathy for Negan's situation as well, because Negan has tried to change and Maggie hasn't seen any of that, you know. And Negan goes on to do that sort of speech about none of you would be here. You'd ha- all have your heads on spikes if it wasn't for me. And he's quite right. You know, had he not taken out Alpha, there is a good chance that most of the people in that room would have been dead. So, you know, he deserves a bit of credit for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah. You know, so so there there is a certain amount of, you know, Negan will do what needs to be done, whereas some of the others won't. Um, so, yeah, you do end up having sort of certain amount of sympathy for both of them and again whether it was the right decision on Negan's part whether it would have I mean given the way Maggie was talking had he helped Maggie up would that have changed her point of view possibly no probably not because you still killed her husband mm, so yeah you know there's, there's on balance you could sort of see where Negan's th- thinking is with this so mm-hmm. yeah no I, I i agree um it's interesting as well with the whole fact that when he was on a bit more of a redemption path and building a relationship with judith and saving judith's life in a couple of situations and like killing alpha although maggie can be told about that she wasn't there to experience it so yeah. when, in in the process of like the war ending and maggie leaving and stuff um she hasn't seen that part of him so it's going to be interesting to see how that sort of i mean i don't think her mind will be changed about negan because again he's he, he still killed glenn and that's obviously a very big deal to maggie um but uh it'll be interesting to see if like she notices the way he has changed um and as I, I and i'm fine with that taking a fair few episodes because that's a big big thing to, to sort of deal with that's not something that you want to rush in like two episodes or whatever so um and that's something that you can kind of like not focus on all the time but sort of get back to it now and again obviously when we focus on those characters so because uh, like obviously if we have an episode that doesn't have those two characters in then you focus on something else or if you're showing a uh, commonwealth scene or something so uh that'll be interesting to see 
that how that relationship goes as well um just because she wasn't there for that whole redemption thing and stuff so uh that happens uh, as maggie's um pals volunteered to off neekin for her they were distracted by uh gage uh calling out from the other side of a connecting door he'd he'd uh gotten separated from roy and now uh you know wanted in but since he hadn't closed the door at the other end because maggie asked him if he has and he said that uh, he hasn't uh maggie won't allow um the door to be pried open they don't have the ammo to handle all the walkers that uh, he'd let in horrified alden tries to intervene but they they all kind of stop him maggie puts her foot down leaving gage to stab himself as everybody watches him through the window through through the door and uh he kind of like slowly kills himself and then the walkers finish him off and you see obviously like his body getting a bit ripped apart um so i mean yeah we got to remember this is a bad guy who has no redeeming qualities basically whereas negan yes he's done some bad things but he's got some redeeming qualities this is just a guy who because uh, wasn't he one of like L- Lydia's like bullies and stuff, and he tried to already kind of screw the group over and that sort of thing? So mm-hmm. not only I I think Maggie does make I think everybody makes the right decision here, apart from maybe I mean you can see Alden's point about like do we really have to watch him sort of get like ripped yeah. apart? The thing is they didn't have to watch that happen. They could have all turned around and worked on getting the next part of the thing opened because they all especially maggie like actually just stare at him for a couple of minutes while all this happens so mm-hmm. although they do witness that they don't have to they they already know that the walkers are trapped on the other side because the door's closed and gage is gonna uh, regardless of if he kills himself or not he's gonna die because he's completely trapped so uh, what, what do you think of the group's choice i guess to just watch this happen i mean i didn't i didn't have a problem with it it was just interesting that they decided to actually watch it for yeah well, yeah, but I think in that situation, there's a certain sort of morbid curiosity, I think, that you're going to... Maybe, maybe. Stand over. It's the same reason that people slow down on the opposite side of a motorway when you're uh, when there's a traffic accident. There is a morbid curiosity of, like, watching something like that unfold in front of you. So, mm, yeah. um, certainly, I, I agree with you. I don't the human think curiosity. Wrong... Yeah, I, I don't think it was the wrong decision at all. Um, but this is the sort of thing that I was saying with with Maggie and Negan. You know, Maggie's just having a go at Negan for the fact that, you know, he didn't rescue her out of sort of self-preservation. And Maggie's making the same sort of decision. I mean, yes, she's doing it for the entire group, but they're not letting this kid in because it's incredibly dangerous for everybody else. So she's just had to make a fairly horrific decision as well. And you've got one member of the group in Alden saying, what the hell are you doing? That's a, you know, we need to save him. And Maggie's kind of going, well, no. And I I think that's the sort of interesting way of, of playing the sort of Maggie and Negan characters against each other. You know, them both having to make horrible decisions for different reasons. And yes, Negan's is a bit more self-serving in not saving Maggie. He's trying to save himself, whereas arguably Maggie's is more about protecting the group. But it is also a fairly horrific decision that she makes. Uh, rightly, I think, in this case, but it is a fairly horrific decision that she decides to basically sacrifice one of the people for it. So I, I like the fact that 
they're demonstrating there are these grey areas with the characters. Yeah, yeah. And, and and it's it's kind of depending on how you look at it, you know, balancing those two of like neither of them are perfect, you know, and we've seen as i said we've seen negan grow we've not actually seen maggie you know but maggie's clearly changed as well um it's sort of interesting to watch that relationship and how they're being portrayed to the audience um so yeah i think they're doing quite a good job in the way that they're balancing and handling that with people Mm. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, I don't have a problem with them letting him die because of like who he is and stuff. Uh, yeah. but like like you said, I guess it's just the human curiosity thing of um uh what what's the fr- I think it's like not being able to look away from a train crash or or yes. like a car crash. Rubber necking, I believe is the phrase. Is it? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, that happens, but you know, Gage wasn't a massive character to us, so uh, it doesn't really matter to the audience either. But uh it's it's an interesting kind of point to add to obviously what we hear about next uh, i do have the commonwealth stuff written down it's after this next paragraph we're going to stick with the the group for a bit mm-hmm. so uh, as alden um it is alden isn't it not aiden alden yeah it's yeah. alden alden as alden accused his companions of not wanting to look at gage's uh, reanimated corpse because he gets up after a bit because of course that's how it works in this world uh in the win- in the door's window maggie says that there are worse ways to die uh, to illustrate her point, she told the story of a frail old man she'd encountered before meeting Elijah, Cole, and the others. So that's like the the members of her group. I think Elijah, Elijah's the masked one, isn't he? With all the blades and stuff. So, I, I'm pretty sure yes. that's Eliza. And, and Cole, oh, what was that? And Cole, uh, computer. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Cole is, uh, I think Cole's the one that had like the big shoulders that uh, RJ was sitting on in right. the first episode. I'm pretty sure anyway. So, but um, but yeah. Uh, it's still weird to me that Elijah is apparently from a mobile game, and they decided to put a mobile game character in this <laughs> game. I mean, this character is very cool. I've just, I never anticipated that to happen. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, I, I mean, hasn't the, like, the Walking Dead's got plenty of characters to pick from? Oh, we've already got quite a few, but he, he's cool anyway. So, uh, so yeah, she talks about um, uh, an encounter before meeting that group. Basically, the guy had intended to kidnap her and do to her what he did with several other women uh cut off a bunch of stuff um like the legs and vocal cords and things like that and use them for various reasons uh one such woman uh maggie had found uh walkified and uh pregnant as well which is obviously quite dark uh three others she'd um found still alive if you could call it that when she saw them her first thought was that uh there must be food here because they were still kind of being yeah whatever the situation was uh seeing it i lost something and i don't know i don't think it's a bad thing that i did because it has made things so much clearer with that she and negan appeared to reach some sort of uh understanding in a certain way um however tenuous it might be obviously quite still fragile at this point with all that that's going on, uh, I'll read the dog stuff out in a bit with uh, with Daryl and Roy because that's another yeah. sort of separate part. Um, yeah, this is very very dark if you think about what this actually means. Now, this is a situation where they could have shown pieces of this possibly with flashback, but you you definitely didn't need to show all of this. I do think Maggie explains it very very well, and you can visualize it yourself if you need to. Yeah. Um, did you feel like you need, needed to see any of this scene, or were you perfectly fine with like? 
how the, the story was told to you. I mean, we, no, we, we get I, a good idea, don't we, of what happens? Yeah, I, I think it works better as her <laughs> just telling it as a story um, rather than actually seeing it. I don't think that was necessary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think of the story itself? It's I mean, it, it, somebody very twisted came up with that. I mean, that's pretty horrific as as a sort of uh, story. And um, yeah, you know, that is certainly a worse way to die. I think you very much agree with Maggie on that. Hmm. So, um, yeah. yes, it's some very twisted writers at, um, at, at The Walking Dead to come up with things like that. Mm. I wonder, because I don't think Robert... Robert's not in that writer's room anymore, is he? I mean, is no. he, isn't he's trying to sue the company? So, because um, that's something I could possibly see from like him and somebody else. Uh, that's almost something that like I'm not saying Kojima's this bad, but that's something that like in that sort of weird and wacky sense, that is something that like Kojima would come up with. But then Kojima would put his own sort of like sci-fi spin on it. So, uh, for those of you that don't know, he's the guy who made uh, the Metal Gear series which is weird in in of itself, um, and is the one that made Death Stranding, which stars Norman Reedus um, as well. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm going to guess that this was a combined thing, and it wasn't one person came to the writer's room one day and was like, hey, I've laid this thing out, let's do this. Because, uh, of course, you've got your writers listed for the episode, but there is a writer's room, so... Um, plus you've got like, you know, Angela yeah. Kang and her input and everything. And obviously you've got, uh, other people there as well. Like obviously Greg Nicotero is involved. The cast is involved. Um, um, yeah, I mean the credited writers for this episode are Angela and a man called Jim Barnes, who is one of the co-exec producers, uh, also has written on, um, timeless Gotham falling skies, and uh revolution as well so i mean mm. certainly much lighter dramas than well Go- um, gotham's got some like... pretty dark stuff as well yeah, that is true yeah. gotham does have some dark stuff in it that's, so. that's where i was thinking some of that idea might have come from yeah and um, i mean falling skies had some pretty pretty dark stuff in it in places as well so I don't think I've seen you that. know um yeah, it's well worth watching falling skies is a great sci-fi series okay. um but um yeah you know timeless and revolution maybe a little bit possibly lighter although i mean i can't remember revolution possibly had some it wasn't that dark because it was a network show so hmm. um, but yes uh, so you certainly let them imagine re- imagination run away with them i think on that on that particular story hmm. yeah um there's not much to particularly say about it i mean we get the point that this is supposed to make which is saying to olden about like i mean this gage died kind of quickly i mean by the time the walkers actually get hold of him he is like you can see him sort of yeah falling away or whatever whatever the phrase would be um i was kind of think because he's stabbing himself in like the chest and stuff and i was kind of thinking like okay if you cut your neck in some way you're you're gonna bleed out a lot quicker but i also think the way the way he was looking at the group and like it was a way to punish them of i don't know there's there's i don't think like when he's injuring himself I don't think his intention is to go quicker. It's just to sort of injure himself and make the group look at him in mm-hmm. a way. What what was your, what do you think of like the way that happened? Yeah, I think there was a certain amount of, of sort of F you to the group because yeah. he was he was like looking directly at them while he was stabbing himself in the chest. So um my only thought was, I hope he knows where his heart is, because it's not always exactly where you think it is, because you know, mm. everybody assumes mm. it's like right over on the one side, and it's actually rather more central than that. But yeah, um, 
Yes, because you sort of, I mean, <clears throat> ideally you want to punch your heart straight away and that's the thing that's going to kill you pretty much, pretty quicker, I would have thought. But yeah, I mean, not that I'm an expert in stabbing people, but... <laughs> no, me, me neither, me neither. So, uh, but after all that happens, yeah, we, we get the point of what they're trying to do there and um, I think they told that story in the way it should have been told. Yeah. Um. So... Uh, yeah, that was that. Uh, while all that is going on, Daryl, who's kind of gone off on his own a little bit, uh, is chasing the dog because the dog is barking and running off because dogs like doing that sort of thing. I know, I've got one. Um, uh, not necessarily running off, but barking at uh, anything, really. Yes. Uh, through the bowels of the subway, eventually um, coming across Roy, uh, who looks worse for wear. Um, tell my kids I didn't die a coward. He's got like a grenade and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and he begged, um, he, he begged Daryl to tell his, his kids that, and it does say here in the notes, uh, Roy had kids, who knew? I mean, we <laughs> didn't even really know this character anyway that, that well, um, but it, it was a cool thing to add to that. Um, I did think that, like, oh, he's been bitten somewhere important, and he's probably gonna die, but no, he's, he comes back later and then dies anyway, so... Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I kind of it from a survival zombie thing. I did quite like the uh, seeing Daryl try and navigate his way through the the pipes or through the the bowel thing or whatever the, the tunnel. Uh. That was quite cool. Um. And like he kicks the gate open and stuff. It's 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 one that's a bit more simple to do, but uh, it was still quite cool to see. What do you think of uh, these scenes with Daryl? Yeah. Top? I mean that that flaming dog. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh. But yeah, I mean, although had the dog not gone running off that way, Daryl wouldn't have been around to save the day at the end. So, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. it turned out all right in the end. I mean, not for Roy, obviously, but um, yes. So, I mean, sure, fine. That that It allows them to sort of Daryl to come swooping in and saving things later. But uh, yeah, all, all perfectly fine. Worked well, I think. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, you don't have a dog, do you? No, no, I have two cats. And they'd be very upset if I had a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, how many have you got? Is it two? Two, yes. Two. Okay, I've just got the one dog, which is m- m- more than enough. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's also a bit uh, <laughs> just after this as well. There's also a bit just after this as well uh, where he does this, um, not really Jack Bauer style. This is more... Um, Keanu Reeves, uh, what's his name, John Wick style, where he gets into the train cart thing, and uh, the camera pans yeah. from like left to uh, from sorry from right to left, and then he shoots them. Did you find that cool, interesting? Yeah, yeah no, that was. I mean, Daryl's actual weapon use throughout the whole of this was was quite entertaining because yeah, it yeah. was like, how many weapons can we get Daryl to use? Because he used the crossbow, then he gets out when he first gets out of the tunnel. He's uh, this mace appears which was awesome and he's like swinging this kind of mace around which was a great weapon and then the two knives come out so he uses those and then when he gets in the train carriage he's kind of wandering through John Wick style just shooting them all in the head so yeah it was that that was it was like how many weapons could we get Daryl to use in one episode mm, yeah it's funny it's cool that is as much as I have like issues with Daryl as a character not like disliking him just his actual character development which there's not much Norman can do about that. Uh, it's just more about the writing and the development over, you know, 11 seasons. Uh, he is usually very, very good and very entertaining in these scenes where he's like, he doesn't have to really say much. There's no dialogue really needed. And he can just show off his zombie killing still killing skills. 
Uh, yeah. he, he is very good at doing that. There, there was a lot of scenes at like the prison earlier on. If you remember that that tank that Mitch was in, and he like he blew up the tank. So uh, he's he's good at doing that kind of stuff. So even if he does do it um, with uh, armless sleeves, and he could get bitten, but <laughs> th- don't, don't worry about that. His his arms will be fine. So um, yeah, <clears throat> I mean you'd think that people would cover their arms up in this world, but no, Daryl's 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 fine. Yeah, yeah. it'll be right. So yeah. Uh, anyway, over to the the Commonwealth. While Eugene freaked out about Ezekiel's uh, absence, our resident uh, genius figured the uh, Oswald King had been taken for a te- uh, taken for a, a telling off by Mercer. Yumiko uh, deduced that there were rules at play, laws, structure, and as such, uh, she felt confident in demanding to speak with a guard's a supervisor. Um, a a gamble that were uh, miraculously worked. Then back. Uh, taken back to the bureaucrats yes yeah, right bureaucrats office Yumiko impressed them by accurately assessing everything from their uh, former careers to the Commonwealth's use of American currency which we've talked about before they've dumped all that money and they yeah. were quite particular about um, princesses two dollars uh, as a powerful psychological uh, tactic she even got a cup of coffee from Mercer as well big progress and asked for an expedition um expedited sorry processing for herself and her friends so they could hurry up and find her brother because of course we saw that on the missing persons board last time uh, a commonwealth uh, resident and uh, a, a thoracic sur- thoracic <laughs> yeah a surgeon as well so yeah. uh, and then we'll get onto the Eugene one in a minute um yeah I mean we've not seen we, we've seen a decent amount of Yumiko Magna's group with like Luke Collie and Kenny uh, Connie sorry and, and Kelly Kelly um, but this was a big scene for Yumiko to uh, to shine in. Uh, we we knew before we we'd had some conversations between her and Magna about her lawyer past. Um, this was a pretty good one. I liked her sort of challenging the the Commonwealth mm-hmm. people here. And one thing that's just really sticking out to me about this Commonwealth stuff is the change of tone from the comic book. Because when, as I said last week, when they get introduced to the place itself. It's much more friendly. It's much more open. They get carted pretty much straight into this place. There's a few questions asked to the group still. Like you don't just let any old person into your your base. Especially in this type of world. But uh, it is very very different. And uh, I don't know if it's better or worse. But it's different and interesting. Which is how I'd kind of label that. But it's uh, it's the change of tone that's really interesting to me. Like the, the this man and this woman. Who are like writing stuff down. Um, like the change with those characters, because um, there's a. I think I said this maybe in the preview or in the previous episode. The guy who's in, the, the one who's like main, mainly writing down stuff. He has a really, really, really long conversation with Michonne when they first get there, and not only is obviously that not happened because Michonne isn't there, but those two that are sitting down writing stuff really haven't said apart from the questions. They really haven't said very much. It's been more of a situation where. Like Ezekiel or Eugene or Yumiko or Princess have sat down and spoken to them, and then they just keep writing things down. So I liked that this changed that a little bit and got them to do something a bit different. Uh, what do you think of Yumiko's scene here? Yeah, I thought the Yumiko scene was really great, and the fact that she's kind of sussed them all out and and worked out who they are, um, what they're doing, and that sort of stuff. I mean, I've not read this point in the comic books, but it makes sense to me on TV show that, I mean, you know, you'll say they're kind of more open in the comic books and 
they're more they do kind of question things but they're more open and friendly i i think this actually makes more sense in this sort of in the tv world of you know every group we've met so far pretty much um you know have have been fairly awful or certainly a lot of them have been fairly awful with the exceptions of the ones that have sort of you know the the hilltop and the uh you know and alexandria and that a lot of the groups that we've met have been pretty terrible so it mm. sort of makes sense that if you're that well protected you're going to be incredibly careful and you know if you're trying to rebuild society you're going to essentially protect your borders which is what they're doing and they're going to have a lot of questions about stuff and i i, I think it's it's quite nice the way that they're doing it with this that you it it, it makes sense that there is a process that they go through there is a bureaucracy that they have to go through to be able to get entry to this sort of wonderland presumably that's on the other side mm. you know so i i i think for the tv show this actually makes quite a lot of sense to do it like this um and not portraying them as good guys or bad guys immediately um because i think had you introduced them as sort of this big open society and you know friendly and all that sort of thing at the start you'd actually be slightly more suspicious of them because every time we've had something like that happen before you know it's been there's been some horrible sort of underlying thing Mm. that you know so i i think the fact that they they are this careful about who they let in and about protecting their borders actually makes them seem more trustworthy i think um you know yes it's tough to get into but it should be if this is a protected space and they want to make sure that everybody is safe with inside that that sort of makes sense that they're they're like this um so i'm i'm kind of um i yeah i like what they're doing with it and i love the yumiko scene i think that was that was great you know her sort of managing to figure out pretty much everything you know that's going on there and the fact that you know she says that she's her brother is in there and is a resident and is a surgeon so i mean presumably if he's a thoracic surgeon she's like hearts and stuff he's gonna be a fairly high profile member of that community you would think because i mean surgeons are going to be fairly important i would have thought so yeah definitely no i think it works for both i think the way they approach it in the comic book works and i think this works as well um i don't really think there's a right or wrong way to do it in terms Mm -hmm. of the groups like hostility because it works in both mediums obviously if you switch them around we don't really know how that would work or if you did something else but um yeah they're kind of like a blank mystery like these two leader characters have i mean mercer's oddly spoken more than the other two and in the book it's like this uh the, the main guy here like never stops talking to michonne and the rest of the group and mercer's uh in fact when they first get to i'm trying to remember this properly when they first get to the commonwealth i don't think you see mercer until a little bit later because he's off on this other mission doing or not mm-hmm. mission he's off on this other task uh protecting somebody else and then he comes into the picture a bit later right um so again no, neither of them are really better or worse than each other it's just interesting to see the two different uh ways they've played out um but yeah the way they've played it in the show is like they're this sort of quiet blank mystery um and it's going to be interesting to see once we get a bit more of this because uh, I, I like the way this is playing out this this commonwealth thing with uh with the characters so far so uh and it's interesting i have to have a little bit more of a chatty 
at Mercer. Like he's not chatting and chatting and chatting, but he's speaking a lot more than what he was uh, in the book. Yeah. So that's cool. Uh, but no, it's a really good scene for Yumiko, and uh, we're able to to explore the character a bit more. So, uh, speaking of other scenes I surprisingly enjoyed, uh, while all this is going on, Eugene continued to freak out, not only over his equal's disappearance, but Yumiko and Princess. Uh, Princess goes off to the toilet or whatever, and she really likes the fact that there's toilet roll, because you won't always get that in, in, in this world, you know, it's not not going to be a guarantee everywhere that you go, so um, she obviously hasn't had uh toilet roll whatever for a while which some of them probably haven't so that that makes a little bit more sense and that that fit in kind of well with her character the sort of fun character that she kind of is so that uh, it was a very little thing but it it worked quite quite nicely so um when uh finally he was questioned by um by by Mercer as well he blurted out that he'd lied to get his friends to the train station his only interest in going was in meeting Stephanie and uh, goes on to talk about himself. Uh, he does reveal that he's still a virgin, which you could have the suspicion of, but we weren't really uh, completely sure, I guess. Uh, and then wanting it to work out with Stephanie. This, I think, is Eugene's best scene in this show. Um, there's a couple of reasons as to why this properly explores the character a bit more. And also, this is the most normal that Eugene has ever spoken in this show. Like He, he, he speaks yeah. a little bit fast and a little bit kind of different. But he's not using that like Shakespearean type of stuff, and he's speaking. He's just speaking much more normally, and it worked so much better. Um, but seeing him kind of just have this big speech, uh, I think it really worked quite well. And I know a lot of people that um, obviously have listened to this for a while will probably expect me not to like this scene because I haven't been a fan of what they've really done with Eugene. But uh, no, I think I can't think of a scene that was worked this well with Eugene. Maybe some of the more heart to heart stuff with Abraham, which was a bit far and few between. Uh maybe like the last time he saw Abraham and spoke to him, that was kind kind of good and everything, but uh, at least for quite a while uh this is one of if not the best scenes with with Eugene in the show. Uh what do you think of it? Yeah, I like this. And it's actually quite clever as well because although he does seemingly you know pour his heart out about you know the fact that he lied to people to go to stephanie one of the things that mercer said is where is your group and at no point i don't think does eugene actually reveal that he basically says oh i got my friend you know i yes i lied i you know i'm holding something back i lied i got my friends together because you know i found this radio so he tells most of the truth but fails to actually mention that they're from a larger group um, so I, I, I thought this was great for Eugene. It's, 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 it's the most direct we've really seen him, you know, and he does seem to still be pouring his heart out, but equally he's still protecting the group at home. So I think he did a really good job with this. And, um, I know you don't, I, it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you the way Eugene speaks, but, um, yeah, I it's... really like the scene. I thought it was really good. It's the way that when he speaks like that, the show tries to play it off as a joke, and I just don't find that particularly like funny. Uh, and it, it, even the way they talked about it sometimes on uh, on Talking Dead, it it comes across as like they're trying to just have him be kind of kind of fun in that way, and that just particularly hasn't worked for me. But it was interesting because we went to this scene, and I was like, oh, what what like stuff is Eugene going to come out with now? And I was a bit like, oh, okay, here we go. And then he started speaking. I was like, huh, this is a much better speech than, than, than usual. But it wasn't just about the way that he spoke. It was about what he said as well that was uh, really important. Um, 
So that was uh yeah, really, really good scene with, with Eugene. And if they if they keep doing things like that with him, having speak a bit more normal and just come out with better dialogue, I'll start to I'll start to like the character more. Uh not that I really disliked him, it's just I didn't like the the way that they were kinda of using him in uh in certain ways. So there we go. Uh, as the episode neared its conclusion, Mercer satisfied uh, that he has now um, had the whole truth from Eugene. <clears throat> reunited with his pals, uh, Ezekiel, it turned out, had been taken to the infirmary for his quote-unquote cough. That's what he's telling them at the moment, isn't mm-hmm. it? Because he doesn't want to obviously tell them the whole truth. Once uh, more, they had uh, completed their initial assessment and were being ex- escorted to orientation uh, by a beat cop, Mercer said to Ezekiel. <laughs> I like that little callback. That's that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, recalling the king's earlier comment and adding, "I went to West Point a hole before they left." Uh, in uh, comes a pretty young woman who asked for Eugene. Said hi. She said, "I'm Stephanie." So here is Stephanie. Um, I saw some speculation that this isn't Stephanie and this is like a fake Stephanie, and I don't know why the show would do that. So I disagreed when I sort of saw that uh, from from somebody online. There was like some, I think it was like a speculation video or something like that or whatever. Well, but, uh, the, the the speculation is because the um, the voice on the end of the speaker was an actress called Margot Bingham, okay. who who is the person voicing Stephanie, and Margot Bingham had allegedly being cast on the show but the character that's shown at the end of that is a actress called shell ramos and okay so that's why there is a lot of speculation that it's a fake stephanie because the 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 voice that was on the speaker is different to the actress that claimed to be stephanie when she turned up on the show Hmm. so um yeah, that I don't know. Okay, don't know do, you, do you think that's... this is fake Stephanie then, or what, what do you think? I, I don't know. It's a little weird to have had one actress voice the character, knowing that where the show is going and knowing that she's going to pop up. Yeah. And yeah. to still cast that actress, if you're going to cast that actress in a different role, and have somebody else show up and actually play Stephanie if they're telling the truth, if you see what I mean. Because yeah, yeah. we know both actresses... I mean, you know, we've we've seen Shell Ramos turn up and say, hi, but I'm Stephanie. But we also know that they have cast Margaret Bingham on the series. So, hmm. uh, who was the original voice of Stephanie. And it seems a bit weird for those, both of those... You know, both of those things can't be true. So... Either this is a fake Stephanie um, for some reason, although I don't quite know what. Yeah, I can't think of why you'd do that, really. Um, or... It's just a, just a recasting? Like, the actress couldn't uh, Well, un- yeah, unless, and... unless they're, they're wrong somehow, but... Um, you know, I mean... Um, Margaret Bingham, she has done a couple of other shows, but um, and she was on New Amsterdam, but isn't any longer. Hmm. So, would, would there I, be like a COVID reason she couldn't show up? I can't think of what that would be, really. Uh, not, not really. 
So I, I mean, un- unless it was a recasting, and you know, it didn't come out, and she and Margaret Bingham isn't on the show. Um, I, I don't know. I'm I'm a little confused by that. Hmm. I mean, yeah. we haven't seen a face, so, and you'd think. You'd think Eugene would recognise the voice or wouldn't recognise the voice. But, I, yeah, so I don't know. That's mm. a little strange. Yeah, I'm kind of betting on Eugene to be smart enough to work that out. Because mm. uh, although Eugene did lie about like his um, job and stuff before, uh, he's not dumb. Like, in, in that, no. I mean, yeah, he's made certain mistakes, but he's not, like, an idiot. He's not an idiot, no, so, you know. Um, that's kind of what I'm banking on. That if if he starts to speak, and and I, I assume if it is a different person, like a fake Stephanie, when Eugene tries to recall some of their conversations, and if she's if she's not quite responding in the way that Eugene expects, like she doesn't know certain conversations or whatever, I'm sure Eugene will hopefully be like, wait a minute, what's like, why don't you remember that conversation or whatever? So because yeah, there was even conversations that they had off screen, I, I think as well. Yeah, they so. were. I mean, there was. They've been talking for hours and hours and hours. The only, I mean, unless there's some reason for, uh, I don't know whether you'll get this reference, but sort of Sharano, Serrano de Bergerac kind of doing it. it, it that's the, uh, the, the, um, which is is the idea of there is something wrong with the physically wrong with Stephanie as a person, and she's scared about meeting Eugene directly so she sends a mate in to kind of suss him out you know mm. um i maybe that's the reason but i i don't know um seems a little odd if if that is the case um so i don't know I, it could be a recasting it could be uh it could be something else entirely it, it it could be you know she is a fake but why you know i don't know it's a bit mm. weird yeah yeah but we'll have to wait for the show to tell us the situation so um but yeah every, everything seems relatively happy at the end uh they passed their assessment or whatever it was so uh we'll see what happens with eugene and stephanie so i i hope it works out for him i really really do so we shall see. Mm-hmm. Uh, later, as Team Maggie tried to bash uh, their way into the blocked uh, subway car, Gage and his fellow walkers, because he's kind of like half them now, uh, broke through the, the door. Um, they'd slowly just do that. Uh, luckily, by then, Daryl and Dog uh, somehow reached the same location. I guess they did, he just walked through and, and that kind of stuff. So, um, so he cleared the car uh, into which Maggie was trying to get. He's basically going through the other side that they're uh, trying to break through. So... Uh, even as she trusted, um, sorry, so uh, cleared the way into which Maggie was trying to get. Uh, she even trusts Negan with a gun. This is kind of a bit of a life and death situation, so that made yeah. a, a certain amount of sense to me. So, um, I mean, and it wouldn't make much sense for Negan to be like, yep, yeah, going to shoot you straight in the head here um, and just do that for whatever reason. That that wouldn't have really made a lot of sense. No. Um, but uh, Negan realises what's going on. They all need to work together to get out of the situation. Uh, then Daryl uh, stuffed a grenade into a walker's mouth. See, he's great at this kind of stuff. He's, he's really good at this <laughs> sort of thing. Um, the, he almost doesn't push the walker in time. And I was like, wait a minute. No, Daryl's not going to die, but he needs to p- push that walker very, very quickly. Yes. And uh, manages to do that. 
um and then to, to basically finish the job so he sort of like closes the door and whatever and uh the, the grenade goes off uh once the group made its way out the subway maggie announced that they'll be taking a detour to one of georgie's uh, hidden supply depots in uh arbor hills as uh negan led the way roy was still um alive when the gang came up um a bunch of but uh, sorry among a bunch of uh bodies that were hung upside down which is a little bit sort of different very intimidating still which i guess is the, the goal here upside down by their feet uh, this place has gone to shit since the last time i was here negan says uh, and just like that uh, roy who had survived the initial incident now won't be surviving this because he's got an arrow sort of pointing in his head you know that's a bit uh a bit dangerous when that happens to you uh and cole took one to the leg as well but he should hopefully be fine and it was the reapers wearing um some masks and they are advancing on the group and that's how the episode ends uh yeah as i said daryl when it comes to action and doing these sorts of things you know he uses so what he uses a crossbow a pistol knives this other thing he had as well this uh mace mace yeah, sort, of this thing. sort of mace thing uh and a grenade so five different weapons in one episode um yeah. that stuff i i have no problem with daryl doing any of that uh and he's he's great at it so um what do you think with daryl and the grenade and everything oh yeah no that was the perfect end to kind of his his armory this personal armory <laughs> that he seems to be yeah because he says he says to them where's the weapons bag to Roy, uh, or where's the ammo bag? It's like you d- doesn't really look like you're like a one man walking armory at this point. You don't really need any more stuff by the looks of things. So um, yeah, I mean that that was uh, that was a good end. I thought. I, I mean the zombie stuff in this, I thought was was fun, and you know them clearing yeah. the zombies out, and you had them sort of you know the the bursting through and them having to sort of take out and and switching out to sort of take them out in turns and stuff and then daryl just coming in at the end with this sort of you know like you say john wick kind of just wandering through the train like shooting them all in the head and then getting to the end and shoving a grenade in the mat i yeah all great i mean that was all all really good um and the reapers i do look like a pretty fearsome group when you see them like that but as you say they're not really anything special as far as other things that yeah, they've met not, not when you have daryl and negan and maggie on a team like no and i i get that they are you know short of of ammo probably at this point having to you know, waste it all on the walkers and stuff um which is why they're going to to restock but mm. um yeah i i there's nothing i mean they they are a group of sort of marauders and they are quite violent but there's there doesn't as yet appear to be anything particularly odd about this group you know it's it's not the governor it's not the whisperers it's not you know um negan's saviors or anything like that it's a something else in you know, it, it, they just seem like a bunch of thugs at the moment. Mm. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do with them. Mm. I mean, they'll be fine because Daryl and Maggie have got unlimited arrows. So, they can Apparently just so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I don't know. I'm sure the group will be will be fine and all that. But uh, Roy won't. Um, what do you think of um, him surviving the earlier part? He handed that because that's where Daryl got the grenade from because Roy... Uh, had well, it and then he got shot later so 
I, given that he'd kind of come out of a bunch of walkers, I'm very surprised that if he wasn't already dying from being bitten. Um, hmm. Yeah. You know, I did mean, we, that, that... Did we see where he got bitten? Because he sort of was just covered in blood in general. Yeah, so... no, I mean, I, I don't see how he got through that without being bitten, to be honest, if that was if that's what they're trying to say. So the yeah. fact that he got shot is neither here nor there, because I think he was probably dead anyway. Mm. True, true. Um, but no, I, I'm not really, uh, I mean, the, the only interesting thing about this, I, I guess they'd like to hang people upside down. Um, that's kind of interesting. It does remind, there's a similar thing that a group in Last of Us 2 does where they, uh, hang people in a particular way. So that mm-hmm. kind of reminded me of that, but, um, I don't know, just the general sort of, they just seem like a group of somewhat armed average people. Uh, and then you look at the fact they've dealt with like like we say the governor and Negan and um, the whisperers and stuff, um, which makes me think that they'll be dealt with a little bit quicker because I I can't see the group struggling to deal with these people for like eight episodes or I guess another six episodes. Yeah. Um. I I can't really see that happening, but it, it might. When do you think they might get rid of the the reapers? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean. I think maybe they'll run through the rest of this first, like, few episodes, maybe. Um, I don't know. I mean, they, they've they said they're not a huge group, so presumably that is all of them that we've just seen on the road. So, Possibly, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it may be a case of they are there to block this particular supply run, and it will depend how long that takes. I mean, if this takes half of this first half of the season or whether this takes the entire first half of this season, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. Mm. Unless they do something spe- specific with them in the next couple of episodes, I'd be surprised if they're still here by, like, the let's say the end of episode five or so. It, it feels like mm-hmm. a bit of a... Because if I remember, even with... Um, uh, what was it like? The, the terminus people were dealt with quite quickly. Like we had a build up to terminus itself, and then they were finished off in the season five premiere. And you also had uh, like the the claimers, the people that Daryl went with for a little bit. They were dealt with in a couple of episodes. It feels like maybe a group that's a bit more on that level. Although even the terminus people are a bit more intimidating than than the reapers because you know they ate people. Which is yeah. which is uh, interesting. So I don't know if they're still here by like the end of episode five. It would depend on what they've done with them by that point. Um, but we we shall see. What do you think of the intimidating hanging people upside down thing? Well, yeah, whatever. <laughs> they're just kind of ooh, aren't they scary? I mean, you mm. know, I, I, yeah. I mean, it's not that original, is it really? Yeah. Uh. No, it was it was surprising though when you know when the camera panned up and you could see up the road, and you could see like further and further and further back they've got more and more and more people, um. So I guess it's their way of just marking a road or something like that. So, but that's the end of the episode. Roy's dead, um, and Gage is dead. So there's that, and we had a lot of un- other interesting things as well going on. So let's get into feedback, emails and whatnot. If you'd like to send in your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments or concerns, whatever, about The Walking Dead or Entertainment Talk, uh, Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, there's a contact page and information in your show notes. Uh, Abed returns and says, uh, so we have uh, slightly seen the threat of the Reapers, thoughts on them, Commonwealth distraction. Um, 
that's one that's something that I've seen a bit more of a, a bit of a consensus online about as well is that just is that a way to slow down the Commonwealth story a bit? Although in this episode we had a yeah. decent bit of progress for them, but obviously in the comics it focuses a lot more on them and you get through that relatively well. Um, but uh, I don't know, this feels like something that was pulled over from, from the bonus episodes as well because they were in that Maggie episode, uh, which was what the first one or the second one. I, I can't remember all those bonus episodes. Um, but they were in at least because there was one that like that the group was fighting, and that's what where we got to see Elijah and Cole a bit more. So, uh, what do you think? Like a, a Commonwealth distraction? Um, yeah, no, I mean this is that's exactly what it is. Uh, I, as I said, I think it's intended as a way of giving that group something to do. Otherwise, you pretty much have to either have people just starving in alexandria or you know them trying to go out and hunt for food locally it just wouldn't have been that interesting um you, you know when there's so much more interesting stuff going on with commonwealth so while, rather than rushing through the commonwealth storyline i think they've put this in as a way of giving that group something to do i i mean i i, I entirely think that's the reason it's there mm-hmm. yeah so We'll see. Uh, that's also, fine, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, Benjamin finishes off and says, uh, how did Maggie survive? We already talked about that. None of us actually know, but, um, I mean, we do know, but we just didn't see it. Uh, and why did they Why did they have to give us a similar situation with uh, Glenn and the dumpster? Is there some sort of nod to Glenn and Negan? Um, I think there's absolutely a nod there. I mean, the fact that both of them who were... Who were uh, Obviously, like couple or a partner or whatever, uh, Glenn and Maggie. One of them back in when, when was it? Season six. Uh, that was before we started podcasting, actually, because we started the second half of season six. Um, that would have been an interesting episode. Like, hey, is Glenn dead? And then you you don't even find out until that was what episode three or four, and then you found out like episode seven that Glenn was all right. Uh, and then they had like the uh, the Morgan episode right after that. And everyone was like, "Okay, yeah, you show us Morgan after Glenn's under a dumpster." It was a, uh, it right, wasn't a, yeah. good, it wasn't a good way to deal with that. So, um, but yeah, the fact that Maggie crawls un- crawls under something to get away from Walker's in the in kind of the same way that her husband did, uh, I think there's a bit of a nod back to that. And the fact that she's dealing with Negan and Negan kill Glenn, um, which is I, I guess somewhat smart, and it, it was nowhere near as much as a as a problem as when Glenn went under, because that was, like, hidden for several episodes. Plus, when they actually showed, what was it, Nicholas, uh, who was with Glenn, when they showed him getting eaten, and it, they made it look like Glenn was dying and whatever. So this is this is a bit different to that. But what do you, what do you make of those two things? Um, yeah, I mean, I hadn't really noticed that at the time. I, uh, I, I didn't really see that connection, but... Um, yeah, I mean, sure. If I, there, there probably was some nod to it there, but I, I, I didn't. I don't think it was obvious enough to cause any kind of distraction. But I mean, you know, I, I think they like to do little callback things like that. So yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I think maybe maybe there was something to that. Mm-hmm. What do you, What do you remember of like watching that Glenn episode? 
and uh i i mean i yeah i remember watching it and like oh no how's he going to get out of that and then yeah like you say they're just i mean you're you're back into gimbal times at that point where they made the horrendous decision of then just cutting away from it for like three episodes to go and deal with morgan and stuff you're like really so yeah it's just that i was nothing wrong with the episode itself it was just the timing of it mm. yeah so but yeah that on reflection that morgan episode was pretty good uh from what i remember of it anyway obviously it's been a long time since i've seen it so yeah but yeah and that's what we got for you for this episode of uh, the walking dead uk podcast we'll be back to talk about next week's one uh next week obviously uh i'm trying to ignore the fact that the episode is already out on amc plus but there's we, we'll, we're gonna keep doing what we're doing which is just watch them on uh star disney plus monday and then do the episodes on wednesday so there's yeah. not much else we can do about that yeah um but uh, uh, just a, just a quick question. Let's say that AMC Plus was available in the UK and you could watch the episode on Sunday. Would you pay five pounds? This is what like five dollars, whatever. Would you pay that much to watch if if that was an option? Um, not not if if The Walking Dead was the only thing on AMC. Yeah, on that AMC service to watch. Um, I mean, it depends what else was on. AMC Plus, because I've said before, if they released AMC, like even the AMC Global Channel in the UK and had this sort of stuff on it, um, rather than having it being shoved away on the exclusive on BT, um, I'd probably pay £5 a month to have the AMC channel, because there are a few things on there that would be quite nice to watch. And, you know, I already pay for the Fear the Walking Dead, I pay for that on... uh, um, Prime, yeah. So you know that's, yeah. I pay for that on Amazon Prime. So that's what twenty quid a season or something, something like that. Yeah, fifteen twenty quid a season. So you know, I'm already paying something out for one particular show. So, um, I, I, yeah, you know, it really depends what else will be on it. I mean, if it's got a whole bunch of AMC stuff on there, then yeah, you know, and it was five pound a month, I would probably do it if they released mm. that app yeah. globally but um they're not going to do that because amc make too much money selling their shows to other people i mean even though we have an amc channel in the uk they still sell their shows to other people <laughs> yeah that's the, that's the thing because obviously we're doing the uh breaking bad rewatch that's on netflix <laughs> watching the new better cold soul episodes that's on netflix even the kevin can f himself show which is really good by the way uh watch mm-hmm. the how many episodes have i seen i think i've seen two which is really good Amazon's picked that up, so that's got nothing to do with uh, um, AMC. And there is nothing else, I think, that I watch on AMC. And even if I was to watch what Into the Badlands is on Amazon, mm-hmm. uh, I think you've got Preacher, which is on Amazon, Fear the Walking Dead, which is on Amazon, sort of. Uh, so it's like you haven't really got, like... No, I, I probably wouldn't pay, like, £5 a month or whatever just to see Walking Dead a week early and then they get released anyway on... Uh, disney on the monday so so yeah uh but it, it feels a bit more of an american incentive like hey you watch walking dead on sundays on amc well if you give us like five dollars more you can get the plus version of our channel and uh get it the previous sunday so yeah yeah anyway but no i, I don't really think i would i would do that so um 
so yeah but uh, anyway that's what we got for you for this episode uh we'll see if stephanie is fake or whatever next week or whatever's going on with that and what the reapers have planned uh in the meantime you can find all the rest of our content on entertainmenttalk.org uh, for tv video games films and manchester United podcasts so take a look at that as well uh, if you like what you've heard or want to support more of what we do, you can either just listen to more episodes or you can use word of mouth and social media to tell other people about our content or social media, you know, Facebook, Twitter or whatever you like to use these days. You can share them around on that. Uh, if you want to know about what's happening with TV and films, uh, you can go over to David's website, geektown.co.uk. Uh, for your TV and your film news and if you want that in weekly podcast format uh, there's Geek Town Radio on Tuesdays either on the website or on your favourite podcast platform of choice uh, there's a new episode from yesterday so go and check that one out which I will do tomorrow when I go to get my uh, second jab so um, have a look for all that stuff uh, if you want to follow Bex uh, who just made Twitch partner congratulations to her for doing that uh, you can find her Twitch streams over on obviously Twitch uh, Trista Bytes Trista B-Y-T-E-S go and give her a follow over there uh, you can also follow me on Twitch as well if you'd like to for various different video game streams uh, eTalk UK on Twitch uh, for all of that and uh, YouTube is up to date with all the archive streams if you want to see the, the previous streams that I've done they're on YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays so all of my cyberpunk stuff uh, Last of Us 2 and a bunch of other games that I've played as well so you can check that out over there thanks for listening and we'll see you next week, uh, goodbye bye <laughs>